You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne McGahee III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And today we're going to talk about uh, some Florida State basketball. And we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, Florida State, Florida. You know, I'd say it's that week again, Thanksgiving weekend, Florida State takes on Florida on Saturday. We're going to talk a little bit about that matchup. Um, we're going to get started with Florida State basketball, which beat Canisius, uh, or Canisius, or however you pronounce it. I don't know. They're from Buffalo. I can't pronounce the name. They're the Golden Griffins, which is, I mean, that's that's a pretty awesome, uh, awesome mascot. But Florida State beat them uh, 93 to 61 on Monday night. It was a it was a sloppy win for Florida State, but it was a win that you know that they won the game by 32. So. But um, we're going to get into that in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the Locked On Seminoles podcast and you don't know who I am, like I said, I am the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. Uh, I cover every home away bowl football game. Doesn't matter. It's if Florida State's playing, I'm there. I also cover every major and, you know, any time that a player, coach, uh, speaks uh, I'm there anytime there's an open practice I'm there uh, basketball I cover every home basketball game as well as any postseason basketball games I also cover every home baseball game and any any uh, postseason baseball games um, so I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the three major sports at um, as far as Florida State goes so but jumping right back into it Florida State had a uh, had a pretty pretty good day um you know, Florida State, like I said, they won ninety-three to sixty-one. It was, I mean, they played with amazing effort. I was, I was really impressed with, uh, with what Florida State was able to do on the court. They, you know, the Golden Griffins, because I can't say the the name. I keep screwing it up. I know how it's pronounced. I just can't pronounce it. Um, but the Golden Griffins, they, they, I mean, they played well. That wasn't a team that came in. Uh, it was a team that won 20 games last year, finished second in their conference. Uh, they, they weren't a tournament team. They finished second in their conference last year. But they're still in a, you know, a, a good team. Like Kim Palm has them ranked as about average. So it wasn't a, a great team that Florida State played, but it was an average team, and Florida State won by 32. This is a very good Florida State team. Um, I was very impressed you know, jumping from the start, uh, MJ Walker knocked down two threes in the first three minutes of the game. Yeah, that's a really good sign from him. He went, I think, the final month of the season without knocking down a three-pointer last year, and he's already, uh, you know, he's already shooting much improved this year. He knocked down uh, three, but yeah, he knocked down three against uh, the Golden Griffins. Uh, went four of twelve, uh, four of seven shooting, finished with twelve points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that's playing with a ton of effort. I really like what I've seen from him. He's going to be a guy that Florida State will, will continue to rely on as the season goes on. Um, Fiondu Kavangili, he was, he was awesome. Um, he attacked the boards. He, he played well inside. You know, he played with tremendous amount of effort. And, you know, he, he finished with 18 points, led all Florida State players with 18 points and six boards. Um, you know, it was a really nice showing from him. But he... Uh, you know, he just grinded it out. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't particularly, like, 
He wasn't the most efficient when he was on the court. Uh, he, he finished 6-12 uh, from the field and 6-10 from the line, but he played with relentless effort, and, um, you know, anytime he missed a shot, he was right there trying to get it back. So, you know, I was very impressed with what I saw from him. Uh, Terrence Mann continues to play well. He had 12 points, 5 boards, 4 assists. Trent Forrest only had 8 points, but he had 6 assists and 5 boards. Uh, Devin Vassell, that kid is going to be special. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I've been on this train since June, uh, since I, you know, he first walked into the building, I've been on this train, Devin Vassell is going to be an excellent basketball player for Florida State. I thought it might take him, you know, maybe till next year before he could crack the rotation. This kid's going to play a lot this year. He had 10 points, he was 4-7 shooting, he had 3 steals, um, in 14 minutes of play. Like, he was, he was extremely impressive. Yeah, he's he's fearless. He goes out and, you know, Coach Hamilton has not been one to ever gush about a player, right? He He's not one to, to build them up. He doesn't shy away from talking about how, you know, how good this kid is. Uh, this kid is, is special good. Um, you know, he's a good shooter. He's a good defensive player already. I mean, he's he's been on campus. He's played three games. And he's already a really good defensive player, so I'm, you know, I'm, I've been very impressed by what I've seen from him um, so far this season. He played extremely well on defense. He's quick. He has good hands. He has great instincts. Uh, you know, these are all things Coach Ham said last night about him. But I mean, you can see it when you watch him play. You know, he, he's he's fearless, and you've got to like that. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna continue to get reps in the rotation and uh, can, gonna continue to get minutes as uh, as Florida State goes goes through the season and the more minutes he gets now the better it's going to be for Florida State come ACC play because he's uh you know it's it's not going to be uh too overwhelming for him but just judging off the way he played against Florida and the way he played last night the moment's not going to be too big for him he's just he's a uh he's a guy that gets it and uh you know isn't scared to go out and make a play when Florida State needs him to make a play so yeah I, I've been. I was very impressed with what I saw. It's. Um, it wasn't the best performance. Florida State had to grind it out a little bit, but in the end, they just kept you know relentless pressure, wave after wave of Florida State players playing at the highest level they could. Now I'm not saying that they were perfect or anything like that. I mean, it obviously wasn't you know a perfect game for Florida State, but it was a game where every player that came out on the court was giving as much effort a, as he could, and you you, you could see it. Yeah, you could see it grind down, um, Canisius, and you you could see you know just how tired they were, and Florida State just kept sending bodies at a body after body. You know, in the post game, basically, um, the the posing coach Reggie Witherspoon said that if you brought in someone from Mars who had never heard of the game of basketball, and you brought them to a coaching clinic, and they asked what does it mean for a team to play hard and play with intensity and play with good effort? He said, you show them a video of Florida State. Now that's, you know, to me, that's, you know, that's an ultimate compliment because the other team's coach was, you know, recognizing just how much effort your players were putting in. I mean, it's a great sign for Florida State that, you know, something that that I noted, you know, the effort didn't slack off no matter who the opponent is. I mean, Florida State played Florida to open the season. They were giving the exact same effort they were against Florida as they were against Canisius. You know, it was, you know, they don't care 
It's it's all about going out there playing as hard as you can because really if you're not playing as hard as you can with this, you know, with the guys out there playing as hard as they can, it's going to be noticed because you're going to be the one that's standing out, not because you're giving great effort, but because you're not giving gr- uh, good enough effort to to stack up with the rest of the guys who are giving great effort. And you know, that that's uh that that's the mark of a great team. Like the the uh the other players, I mean, they're going to play with effort regardless, but they also they can't slack off because if they do, it's going to be noticed. You know, if if they do take, you know, take a couple trips down the court off, it's going to be noticed because everyone else is playing at such a high level, it's going to stand out. So you you can't do that. Um you know, Florida State's uh the level of competition is going to go up this week. Florida State plays UAB on Thursday in the Advocare Classic in Orlando. Then they'll probably play number 21 LSU on Friday. Uh, you know that that assumes that um, LSU beats College of Charleston, Florida State beats UAB. If that happens, then the winner of that will go on to play uh, either Canisius, uh, Oklahoma State, Memphis, or Villanova. At this point, I I think it's more likely that. Uh, that Memphis makes it out. Villanova hasn't been playing well. Oklahoma State's, you know, they've been all right. And then Florida State already beat Canisius uh, by by 32 points. So um, I think Memphis is probably going to be the team that comes out of that side of the bracket at this point. If Florida State makes it out, it'd be a, be a nice little revenge package for Florida State for taking James Wiseman away. Uh, Wiseman, the now number two overall player in the 20, uh, 2019 class committed to Memphis over Florida State today, Florida State, Kentucky um, today. The reason he is now the number two, uh, the number two overall player is because Anthony Edwards, who is a major Florida State target, probably going to end up at Florida State, reclassified from the 2020 class to the 2019 class and took over the number one spot. So, um, you know, Florida State's he Florida State's very much in on Edwards. He's a guy that Florida State's been in on for a long time, and he's a guy that you know you would expect to end up in the class. Uh, I, I, that I'm expecting to end up in Florida State's class. You know, this is a uh, you know Florida State's in great position to land the number one overall recruit in basketball, um, and in football really. I mean, you know, Kayvon. Uh, Thibodeau still number one overall player. Florida State's chances have kind of faded with him, but they're still in the mix. But Florida State's in good position to land the number one overall player in basketball, and uh, that's where we are at this point. Florida State's basketball program has become, a, you know, really a top-notch program in the country. And um, yeah, so Florida State also got a commitment from three-star uh, center Naheem McLeod. He committed to Florida State last night. Uh, four-star forward Patrick Williams has signed his. NLI to Florida State, uh, Nathaniel Jack, he's a JUCO, uh, JUCO guard, going to be the replacement for P.J. Savoy. He shoots about 45% from three, uh, is going to be, is, has signed with Florida State. So Florida State's uh, basketball recruiting class is coming together, and it's probably going to get tied off with um, uh, with Anthony Edwards. Oh, uh, Florida State also had Balsa Copervica, four-star power forward slash center. He's about seven foot, but he plays more facing up to the basket and uh, outside rather than inside. So, uh, yeah, Florida State's got one of the top recruiting classes in the country. It's only going to continue to go up. So, uh, you know, make sure to pay attention to that, not just Florida State basketball recruiting. But I ran over on time with uh, with this first segment, so I'm going to have to cut it short right here. Or not cut it short, I guess cut it long. But I'm going to have to, you know, move on to the to the next segment in just a second. But before we get there, 
Are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see Florida State win? Then you've got to check out Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, and $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and many, many more channels. The ACC Network will probably be on there when it comes out next year, and you can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. So Sling TV gives you the live TV you love only better. So sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So don't miss out on the next big game because you're still fighting with cable. Check out Sling TV. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment. Um, <clears throat> and talk to talk about basketball and basketball recruiting. And, you know, Florida State's in a great position there. Florida State football this weekend takes on Florida. Rivalry game. Florida, the number 13 team in the country. And, uh, you know, the the Gators are five-point favorites. I'm, um, I, you know, I've, I've, I was looking at the numbers for this, right? And Florida State's offense, obviously, hasn't been good. They're 106th in the S&P Plus rankings. If you don't know what the S&P Plus rankings are, they're basically... Um, a ranking system that there a rating system that takes into account success rates you know explosiveness field position um, you know it's stuff like that it's basically a, a better way than just using raw stats to figure out how good a team is and Florida State's offensive numbers have not been good they've been moving up uh, you know they, they moved up this past weekend after a decent game against Boston College but they're 106 in the country you know Florida State's uh averaging 22.6 points a game. Florida's ranked 29th on defense. So it's not, um, you know, this isn't actually the exactly the best matchup. Um, basically, Florida's pass defense has been really good. They've been really opportunistic, um, you know, as far as creating turnovers. They've created, they've created 21 so far this year, uh, 11 fumbles, 10 interceptions. And, you know, the pass defense has been really good. The run defense hasn't actually been that great this year. They're giving up 4.4 uh, yards per carry. Florida State's offense has obviously not been running the football well. They're, you know, this season it's only been 2.67 yards per carry. But Florida's, um, you know, the, over the past two weeks, Florida State's run game has started to get going. The offensive line has started to get things, and they've improved. And we'll have to see if it carries over because, you know, Boston College's defensive line was very good, and Florida State still managed to run the football against them. So, you know, Cam Akers finally had a had a 100-yard game against, uh, against BC. So maybe he can carry that over. He looked good against Notre Dame. Um, you know, he didn't have that many options or, you know, that many opportunities to get going, but he did have two touchdowns. He, he ran well against Notre Dame, and then he had 110 yards and, and a touchdown. He averaged almost eight yards per carry against Notre Dame. So, you know, maybe he'll be able to carry that forward, and the offensive line will carry, you know, some of that progress that they've made forward. Um, you know, Walt Bell talked about, you know, today he talked about just how impressed he had been with the offensive line and, you know, just how they kept their nose to the grindstone and, you know, everybody in, and their mama, including me, you know, have just been riding them to, you know, to, to death because they haven't been good this year. And that's, you know, that's part of my job is to point out why Florida State isn't isn't doing well. And the offensive line has been a big piece of that. But the offensive line played a, their best game that they've, they've played all season 
uh, against BC, and there's you know you hope that they can take that and move that forward. If they can, then Florida State may be able to find success, you know, running the football. Um, you know, that's that's maybe the one area that Florida's defense hasn't been you know really great at. You know, so on on the other side of the ball, Florida's Florida's run uh, run rushing offense is basically carried it. They're, they're balanced as far as the yards go, but they ran the ball a lot more than they passed the ball. Felipe Frank's uh, quarterback, he's he has 20 touchdowns and uh, six interceptions, but you know, it's it's the running game that's got going. Frank's has been, you know, Frank's has, I think, like 230 yards in the run game. Uh, so, you know, he's a running threat as well. Florida State's going to have to stop the run. They managed to stop the run against Boston College. Last week, after two weeks of not stopping the run at all, but they managed to slow down AJ Dillon. They managed to slow down the Boston College rushing attack. And if they're gonna, have, if Florida State's gonna have any chance of winning this game against Florida, they're gonna have to stop the run. Um, Florida State's defense is allowing three point three yards per carry. Florida's, you know, averaging over five. They're averaging five point two yards per carry. So, um, if Florida State's going to be able to to get this done and, and find a way to win this game, it's going to have to stop the run. Now, basically, the same thing as last week. You know, if, if Florida State was going to beat Boston College, they were going to have to run the football and they were going to have to stop the run. They did both. They won the game. If it, you know, that that's exactly what's going to happen against UF. If Florida State can force Felipe Franks to throw the football more than they, you know, because they're stopping the run, then that's a win for Florida State. Franks is, you know, he's been better this year, but he's still not a great quarterback, and you know he. Ever since he, uh, you know, since he's been in high school, his biggest issue is when a, uh, you know, when a team brings pressure, he he struggles in the face of it. Um, that's been an issue for him for his entire career. And if you know, if I if I was Harlan Barnett, I would be bringing pressure. I would be stepping up to, um, I would be, uh, you know, bringing guys up to to stop the run and make Franks beat you. It's basically the same, uh, the same way that they played Jawan Pass. You know, make him beat you down the field. And Pass almost was able to do it, you know, beating beating guys, and there were wide open guys. Obviously, you don't want that to happen, but um, you know, at, the, at this point, you know, Franks is if Franks is going to beat you with his arm, then he's going to beat you with his arm. Like you don't let them beat you on the ground. You you go you get after him. You stop the run, and uh, you make Franks try to beat you downfield, and you hope that you can create some uh, some big plays and some turnovers. Um, yeah, special teams. Florida State just needs to not make a mistake. Uh, it seems like the, the Florida State special teams units have gotten better, but it seems like there's at least one major special teams mistake a you know a week. Uh, last week it was a blocked blocked field goal to start the game, and you know Florida State's ranked nine, 98th in the S and P Plus ranking. Florida's ranked 10th, so Florida State just has to not screw up something on special teams, and that's you know really something that they haven't been able to do. Um, but that'll do it for this, uh, this second segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. We're going to talk a little bit of, uh, a little bit more about the Florida, about the Florida game in the final segment of today's episode. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this final segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, continue talking about the Florida State Florida rivalry matchup on Saturday, and um, some some things that I you know I noticed when I was going through the numbers, and Florida, 
has uh, Florida's leading receiver is Van Jefferson. He's the guy that transferred in from Ole Miss last year. Um, he's the guy that you know played really well at Ole Miss. He has uh, he's their leading receiver in receptions and yards. He has 27 receptions for 347 yards and five touchdowns. Florida State has four players, four receivers with more with as many or more yards. DJ Matthews has 30, 374 yards. Uh, Keith Gavin, 415 yards. Tamari and Terry, 666 yards. And Nyquan Murray, 709. So, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the Florida's, Florida's passing attack is still, you know, we talked, I talked a little bit about it in the, in the last segment. Florida's passing attack is still hasn't been great. Franks is still not, um, you know, a high caliber quarterback up until the Idaho game. They were trying to bench him for, uh, for Kyle Trask because, you know, Florida had played so poorly. Or, um, sorry, not the uh, not the Idaho game, the South Carolina game, because uh, Franks had played so poorly against Georgia and um, and Missouri. I mean, Florida, Florida was blown out by Missouri and Georgia and then gave up 31 points to South Carolina. South Carolina ma- managed to choke that game away, and Franks, you know, brought his team back, so credit there. But, you know, Franks is still not a great quarterback. They haven't had that much success uh, as far as, you know, throwing the football goes this year. Um, so it's not, uh, it's not like there's any great wide receiver that Florida State's going to have to worry about on Saturday because, you know, like, numbers don't tell a whole story. And Jefferson is extremely talented. Trevin Grimes is extremely talented. Um, Tyree Cleveland is extremely talented. Josh Hammond, talented guys. But they're just, they haven't been productive this year. And we're into the final game of the season. So there's like, you know, really, is there any, there's no indication that that's going to, uh, going to improve. So, you know, Florida State's, if, like I said in the last segment, if I'm Florida State and Harlan Barnett, I am forcing Felipe Franks to throw the football. I'm selling out to stop the run, and I'm going to make Felipe Franks and that wide receiver core uh, beat me with the pass. Uh, if they do it, then you tip your cap, you move on, and you try again in the next uh, on the next drive. But I think that's you know Florida State's best option at this point because you know Florida's rushing attack has been has been the way that they've they've scored this season for the most not really scored this season, but moved the football this season for the most part. Um, and if, if I'm, if I'm Florida state, I'm putting all the pressure on, on Felipe Franks and making him come out and, uh, and beat and beat him. So some, um, you know, Florida's defense, we talked, uh, talked a little bit about them, but over the, uh, over the past, not including Idaho, obviously, because, you know, that was a, uh, that was a game that did not go very well for, uh, for the potato guys. But um, the uh, the defense gave up has given up thirty one to South Carolina, thirty eight to Missouri, thirty six to Georgia, twenty seven to Vandy over the last four games against Power Five opponents. This is a defense that really hasn't. I mean, they gave up nineteen to LSU in the first half of the season. They did you know they were playing playing very well, um, but they gave up uh, you know they they've given up over 30 points in three of the last four games and 27 points in the only other one that they played. So, you know, this defense is vulnerable. They can, um, you know, they can be picked on at times, but it's, it's going to take a really good effort from Florida state. They're going to have to run the football 
And basically, Florida State's going to have to do something that it hasn't done for most of the season. That's not turn the ball over. You know, Florida State's had the worst turnover luck in, uh, I've ever seen this year. And, um, you know, they continue to turn the ball over. And, you know, even last week, Florida State went even in the turnover battle uh, against Boston College. DeAndre Francois threw two picks, um, which negated the two picks that Anthony Brown threw. But Florida State's going to have to do a much better job. They're going to have to win the turnover battle. Uh, really, I mean, last year, you look at it, you know, Florida State was able to win the turnover battle. Uh, Franks had three picks and an and a uh, fumble. And the fumble was returned for a touchdown, and uh, an interception was returned for a touchdown, and the other one other interception was returned inside the 10. So Florida State has, uh, you know, if Florida State's going to win this game, it, it's going to need some things to go right at this point. Florida has played like the better team. Uh, I still don't think they're the more talented team than Florida State is, but they have played like a better team than Florida State has. So if Florida State's going to find a way to win this game, they're going to have to not make the mistakes of committing turnovers, find a way to run the football, and uh, sell out or, or stop the run and force Felipe Franks to beat you. Um, I think that's that's the recipe for Florida State finding success in this game, but um, we'll have to... Uh, We'll have to wait and see on Saturday. In the next segment, or not in the next segment, I'm sorry, but in the next episode of the Locked on Seminoles podcast, it's coming out tomorrow, I'm going to be answering some questions from fans. Um, so if you have a question, make sure to submit it to at Wayne McGahey, I-I-I on Twitter. Um, I'll be answering questions that way, so just send me a uh, send me a Twitter message, and um, or send me a tweet, whatever it is. Send me a tweet, and uh, I'll get to your question uh, on tomorrow's podcast, but that'll do it for today's edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, make sure to like, favorite, share, do whatever it is you do on your favorite podcast site to, uh, you know, to make sure that you know when the next one comes out. And please tell any of your friends that enjoy podcasts that are Florida State fans. Maybe they'll enjoy it. Uh, I would really appreciate. I really appreciate that, and I appreciate all the support. But that's it for the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'm your host Wayne McGahey. Have a wonderful day.